was born out of probably the artist in residence program at Denali National Park. I was fortunate to be their artist in residence in 2011 and um, was planning to write a string orchestra piece. And a wonderful reporter and social organizer and knower of all in, in central Alaska is um, Chris Capps. And she started scheming with me about how my piece could get premiered in the Denali Visitor Center. And so sort of as a vehicle to, to get that piece premiered, she concocted the idea of us creating a Denali Music Festival, sort of a, just to get that piece done, and collaborating with the Fairbank Summer Arts Festival. So that got the Fairbank Summer Arts Festival and Denali National Park sort of at the table with each other. And the more they thought about that idea, the more they started thinking, maybe we should team up with Alaska Geographic and offer some sort of class for composers or something. And they literally called me up with that much of an idea and said, what would that look like? And I told them, I know exactly what that would look like. I said, there, you know, there are lots of companies offering wilderness tours in Alaska. And there are lots of programs for composers all over the world where they get to, you know, write pieces and work with performers. But there is nothing anywhere that is combining those two things. And um, and so it was, we just had miraculously all the right pieces were already in place. The Fairbanks Summer Arts Festival already had the musicians. Uh, Denali National Park already had this expansive, inspiring wilderness. And Alaska Geographic was already leading educational trips out into the into the backcountry. And so I was just by dumb luck, the right guy at the right time to help them put all those pieces together. So the very next year, 2012, um, we premiered my piece about Denali and started composing in the wilderness. And it's been, uh, you know, COVID-19 aside, it's been going strong ever since then. That's composer, educator, and founder and director of Composing in the Wilderness, Stephen Lias talking about how the program got started. And I opened the show up today with a little bit of his music as well, the piece Denali that he was talking about, which is really at the heart of the genesis of this unique program. I love the idea of composing in the wilderness. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead, and we're going to delve into music today by several composers who have chucked it all for a few weeks, been airlifted out into Alaska and uh, kind of, you know, left to, to rough it, as it were. Uh, I'm joking a little bit. I mean, there are guided activities, obviously, but at the same time, they are roughing it in many, many respects. Each of the composers that I talked to for the program today, I mean, they all had an exhilarating experience, but uh, they are in the wilderness. This is not glamping. <laughs> so uh, just so you know. So I talked with composers Simon Eastwood, Don Sontag, and Shelley Washington. And of course, I'm going to feature their music and some more music by Steve Lias as well. Composing in the Wilderness, unfortunately, was canceled in 2020 uh, because of the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, but applications are open for 2021. They're going through November 1st. I'm a little late getting the show posted, so you only have a few days. But hopefully, if you're interested, you can check that out at composinginthewilderness.com. And now, more from Steve Lias. Many of the national parks have residency programs where they invite artists of all sorts to come in and each program is different. Some of them will put you up on a cabin. Some of them will um, give you a backcountry permit, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But they just want artists to be inspired and then make art. 
about their experience, art that interprets the landscape and preserves one person's, you know, experience or philosophy or um, something they want to pass on to other generations. So there's everything from, you know, quilters to painters, photographers, composers, poets, dancers, all participating in artists in residence programs all over the country. Oh, that's really cool. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's an exciting program and it flies under the radar largely. Um, so, for example, you know, no matter how many times I apply to do a residency at Aaron Copeland's house, I probably won't get it. But if I apply to be the artist in residence at Rocky Mountain National Park, it turns out I do get that. <laughs> so part of it is that you're not competing against so many people. And part of it is that many of those residency programs have never had a composer apply before. And they're interested and intrigued by how that might serve their interpretive goals for the National Park Service. Well, let's talk about, um, I mean, obviously people are composing and composing in the wilderness. I assume they all have cabins and they have the equipment they need. How are you combining that with outdoor kinds of activities and things? Yeah, so some of your assumptions are close. Um, we, uh, what we do is generally in three phases. Our, our sort of traditional program, our Denali program that we do every year is that we take them for, it is, it is now four and a half, five days into the backcountry of Denali National Park where they stay, they bunk in little canvas bunk houses. Um, there's no electricity, there's no running water, and they, uh, we spend four days taking them on immersive hikes in the wilderness, usually with a scientist to help interpret the landscape or a naturalist or a historian. And we just have an adventure together. And during that period of time, they're not really composing. They're, we encourage them to just have an immersive experience, to really absorb what is going on. Um, they draw instrumentation out of a hat. Uh, so they know at that point sort of what they're going to be writing for. And they're gathering all this experience and percolating ideas in their head. And usually by the last night, everyone has a general idea of what they're going to, what their, what their piece will be about. And it could be anything from uh, microbiology to tectonic plates to predator-prey relationships to uh, self-discovery. Who knows? Um, we love seeing that variety. So then when we're, when we're done in the park, we transport them to another location altogether where their job, where they're basically just cloistered and their job is to compose. And they have about three days to compose a piece of roughly four, five minutes, something like that, um, that captures that thing that they want to capture from their experience, uh, for the instrumentation they happen to draw out of a hat. Um, that's the way the Denali program works. And then the third phase of it is we move them into Fairbanks where the musicians are and we have rehearsals and performances. And that's sort of, I think, what most musicians would think of as a summer composing program. Um, now, I will say that for two years, we've done a more extreme trip. Simon was involved in one of those. Two, two different years, we did our traditional Denali program and then we brought a whole second group of composers in to take, you know, a... a a really intense wilderness experience, um, life-threatening intense, as Simon will attest. So Simon, did you have to sign a, a waiver, you know, that your family would not sue if you got eaten by bears or something? I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Just think of the Werner Herzog movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can confirm. I can confirm that he did. He did sign a waiver. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I didn't watch that 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 particular film, uh, Grizzly Man, until um, this year, actually, during lockdown. Um, and I'm quite glad that I didn't. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, we were in very good hands. Um, so the Arctic Wild guides, um, Andrew and um, and Kate were, um, yeah, amazing and very capable and got us out of all sorts of trouble. What was appealing to you about the program when you saw Composing the Wilderness? You, you knew you wanted to apply for it. I mean, what was, uh, what was the impetus? Well, um, it just, it seemed uh, like a really good opportunity to get out of my, um, my comfort zone and try something different. Um, here in New Zealand, in Aotearoa, we have, we have a lot of wilderness. Um, but you know, you're, you're, you're never that far away from civilization, you know, whereas the Arctic expedition sort of, you fly over two hours of empty terrain to get to the spot. And so it's just, it's incredibly remote and incredibly vast. And also as I'm a type one diabetic, um, so it was also a chance to really kind of prove to myself that I can be self-sufficient in that sort of a situation as well. And um, it just seemed like a really great group of people to hang out with, you know, looking at um, Stephen's music and the opportunity to play, get a piece played in New York. It was just, you couldn't really turn it down. The piece that Simon wrote for composing in the wilderness is called Where the River Flows. And the inspiration for the piece is pretty interesting. Um, so this was written uh in battles so after our trip down the river we had um we had what three days to to do our sketches and i said it was written in battles it was sketched in battles and then um over the following three months i spent some time in europe um pursuing collaboration for my doctorate and i was writing it during that time it takes inspiration from from uh, particularly the stones of the river. So um, here in New Zealand, I've been playing with uh, Taonga Poro players a lot, and those are traditional Maori instruments. And one of the things that they all do is um, play stones um, a bit like this. So you get um, one large stone and a small one, and you tap it. And by opening and closing your palm, you can modulate the sound of the pitch. Um, so traditionally, this was a, a method of timekeeping for prayers and chants and uh, meditation, things like that. Um, but for, by hanging around with these people, I'd sort of just acquired this habit of picking up stones and, and tapping them. So, And there were some really great stones down the Koyukuk, so I just sort of found myself tapping these stones a lot. And eventually decided to kind of incorporate that into the piece as sort of the voice of the river. Um, the other thing I'd done is I'd made some field recordings of, uh, of rapids and at various points along the river and sort of made some spectral analysis to find different chords and sounds. And um, I was also thinking about the, the venue, uh, Federal Hall in New York, and the fact that it's very resonant and that these stones playing together in this space would sort of evoke the sound of these recordings in the space. Well, let's hear the piece, Where the River Flows by Simon Eastwood. We're going to hear Katie Cox, flute, Mara Meyer, clarinet, Andy Springer, violin, Maria Jeffers, cello, and Joe Bergen, percussion. 
This is the live performance in Federal Hall in New York City.
That's music by Simon Eastwood, composed at Composing in the Wilderness in 2018, inspired by these Maori rocks, this, this practice they have of, of tapping rocks against each other that represents the voice of the river. Uh, Stephen Lias had said that the uh, when, when they started tapping the rocks in Federal Hall in New York, the audience just got very still, all of a sudden really focused the attention. I can imagine that would have been quite an experience. Uh, as we heard, it's a great piece. Katie Cox on flute, Mara Meyer clarinet, Andy Springer violin, Mara Jeffers cello, and Joe Bergen percussion. Music again by Simon Eastwood. Well, also on that call was composer Don Sontag, and I asked her how her experience was at Composing in the Wilderness. It, it was just fantastic. I had so much fun, and it was so interesting all three times that I went how certain types of composers are drawn to that program. Even if they had not done a lot of hiking before, we all just really got along well. Uh, I, I was lucky to draw a string quartet from Hats. I was happy about that. So it's the two pieces are called um, Braided River and Upon Seeing a Caribou uh, Grazing on a Mountainside. And um, the inspiration came um, on a hike. It was a brutal hike. Steve had, uh, he didn't warn us about this. <laughs> But it was very rewarding because we really had to struggle. And um, uh, when we got to the top, we got to sit in the tundra and I could see the, these peaks in the distance with, um, you know, little um, streams running from the peaks down. And then you could see at the, in the valley, you could see the Braided River. And I was really fascinated with braided rivers when I got to Alaska. I didn't know what they were. I didn't realize how they were formed and so on. And it was fascinating to me how uh, these rivers started at the mountain peak and it eventually would run out to the Bering Strait. I mean, that was fascinating. That's Don Sontag talking about the piece we're about to hear. Let's listen to both movements. This is from Postcards from Denali for String Quartet. We're gonna hear Braided River and in the second movement, upon seeing caribou grazing on a mountainside. This is a live performance from a concert by the Cascadia composers. And we're going to hear Lucy Zalesikova, Margaret Beach Teller on violin, Shelley Mathewson, viola, and Catherine Schultz, cello.
Music by Don Sontag. We heard two movements from postcards from Denali, Braided River and Upon Scene Caribou Grazing on a Mountainside. And the string quartet there was Lucy Zalasakova, Margaret Beach Teller, violin, Shelley Mathewson, viola, Catherine Schultz, 
cello. Uh, great music by Don Sontag, another of the participants. In fact, she went three different years uh, to composers in the wilderness or composing in the wilderness. And the applications for 2021 are due by November 1st. So you have a little bit of time. If you're listening to this after the fact, then you can apply for a, a future year. I imagine that uh, this is probably, it's probably a lot of demand. I think uh, with COVID, a lot of people are rediscovering the, the outdoors, as it were. And uh, the program, Composing in the Wilderness, was founded by Stephen Lias. And it was so nice to be able to talk to Steve. And he was so kind to set up the interviews with uh, Simon and Don. And I'll talk in a little bit here with Shelley Washington as well, all participants in Composing in the Wilderness. I opened the program today with Steve's piece, Denali. And I want to return to that. But first, let's hear from Steve about the inspiration. Of course, the park, but, uh, but what else? I had just been accepted to do a residency at Denali and found out that the Chamber Orchestra Kremlin, which is now called the Russian String Orchestra, was going to be playing a concert on our campus that fall. And I had worked with them before on another piece. So I contacted them and said, hey, I'm going to do a residency. Can I write a piece for you guys? And they agreed. So I, I already had a great ensemble and a premiere date set up. And so um, so I went ahead and told Denali that and um, did the residency, wrote the piece. We had it performed here on our campus in Texas by the Russian String Orchestra, which is the recording I just gave you. They recorded it for a CD of mine. Uh, and then the following summer was when we had the Fairbanks Summer Arts Festival Orchestra perform it there in the Denali Visitor Center. But this recording is the um, the... the Russian String Orchestra. And it's a sort of a programmatic Copeland-esque piece um, for, the, for the most part. It captures, as I think you might imagine, the grandeur of the Alaska range and the sort of intimidating presence of bears and uh, beautiful scenes and dangerous scenes, things like that.
love when a piece of music does what the composer says it does. <laughs> I think that that piece for string orchestra, and we heard the Russian string orchestra there in a performance at the University of Texas, uh, does exactly what composer Stephen Lias says it should, which is to bring you into the wild, in, into the Denali National Park in Alaska. The piece is called Denali, in fact, and it is this evocation of the wild. What wonderful music by Stephen Lias, who is also the founder and director of Composing in the Wilderness, this fantastic program. Again, applications are open through November 1st. Uh, if you miss out this time around, then please do try again next year because the program is, is more popular, I think, than ever. Well, the last composer I talked with on the program today who participated in Composing in the Wilderness was Shelley Washington. When I saw this program, I was like, what better way to go and do this, like go to Alaska where I've always wanted to go and to do it in a way that <laughs> I would get to go to Denali and like get to go back there. But one, have someone to like help me because I don't know if I'd be able to put together something like that on my own. And two, also get to like write music. So it was kind of like a two for one package <laughs> for me. This is how I was considering it. I'm like, oh yeah, I get to go hiking. I get to go write music and then have a performance of it and it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time and it really just i've go i've only been to two summer music festivals it's that one and the bang on a can summer festival and i think i'm good like i don't think i need to do any other music festivals in the summer i think i'm i'm happy like i've done the ones that i wanted to do so far and that's and that's good Alaska has a sort of ineffable, like, otherness to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like being in Montana or Colorado. I mean, it's gorgeous mountains that you, you can find gorgeous mountains in other places. But Alaska is so truly set apart. Uh, I've never been anywhere that puts its teeth into you and makes you feel like you've really stepped out of your normal life in a way that Alaska does. And I oh, think yeah. that's part of the special sauce that Composing in the Wilderness has, you know, yeah. um, that Alaska like, just does things to you. Yeah, and it's like, because you, you can drive to Montana, you can drive to the Grand Canyon, like granted those are big road trips. Driving to Alaska, you have to drive through another country to get there. But so most people fly and it's, it's fairly inaccessible to a lot of people because of that. So I mean that the fact that I was able to do this at the time was also just incredible, but I am, it's just something that it doesn't leave you ever. A piece that Shelley gave me was not a piece that was actually written at Composing in the Wilderness, but a piece she wrote right after she got back. That was after I got back from Alaska and our class um, put together a collaboration with this group, Beethoven who they, um, they like to work outside of genre. So they are what could be a jazz trio, which is piano, uh, percussion, and upright bass, but they play anything and they love very technical music. And so I, I'm, I'm not synesthetic, but I do think of things in a very visual, textural way like all of the senses are kind of involved and so this one um i remember at the time where i was living i was on the top floor of 
my apartment building in Flatbush and it faced east. So getting to see the full sunrise and I could watch planes take off from JFK. I had full view of the sky. And, and so that piece has a lot of sun, sunrise colors in it. It's a lot softer. So like the end portion of it feels very like pink and the lighting that they did on the video is perfect. Like I asked them, like, can you do pink? And they're like, yes. And it's absolutely perfect. Like the feeling of that and the texture of silk and the kind of smoothness um, is very much a huge part of the texture of that piece.
that's the group Beethoven. <laughs> love that name. Uh, performing Silk by Shelley Washington, inspired, as she said, by the, the sunrises on uh, her building in uh, Flatbush at the time. Uh, that's all the time we have for Composing in the Wilderness. If you're interested, check out composinginthewilderness.com. Big thanks to Stephen Lias uh, for helping me set up this show and just for being an awesome person and, and having this incredible program and to all the composers on the program today. Uh, we have just a little bit more time. Let's do one more piece by Simon Eastwood, Triptych for Two. For Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks so much for listening.